Grant, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to ask you this because this is probably going to give me more information than I ever wanted to. And to pull back the curtain here a little bit, I notice in our shared document that you have, and I quote, Russell confused why he has porn spam on his phone. Right. So I, you need to break down a lot of words in that sentence and why they're in the order that they are. Okay, so, well, the thing is, the other day, because um, he all, often comes to me for technical questions and stuff like that. This is, this is your brother. My brother, Russell. Okay. And all of a sudden, he, the other day, he's just like, oh, I, I keep getting these uh, porn, porn. Uh, no, I love it. Porn. What, what porn. is porn? Is that like really, it's, it's really sexy cheese. Por, like Parmesan cheese. You're very close. Yeah. It's a very sexy and textured uh, breakfast, warm breakfast cereal. Oh. It's, it's, it's short for Pormage. You know, I didn't ever think that would be a turn on for me and yet here i am with an erection well they do do uh they do do oh you said do do oh they you they said do. our secret word grant you said do do ah! please please, do? please welcome everyone our special guest paul rubens so anyways he showed me his phone and all these pop-ups for porn and I'm like, well, did you download anything recently? He's like, nope. And then the next thing I say is, well, maybe something piggyback downloaded when you did something. He's like, I don't do anything on this phone. I mean, the worst I do is I see these advertisements on the on the t- on the side of the websites I'm at, saying, "Do you want to see this fake?" Now, this is a quote from him. Okay. So I'm going to say a word I'm, I don't I, say. I, I'm 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 girding myself here. Uh, where he where he you know he sees those advertisements on the side you know, see who, whatever you want. And he told me this, he's like, uh, click this advertisement and see this famous person's twat or cunt. I think he used cunt. That's what I was apologizing before. Oh boy. And I'm like, okay. So you click the advertisement. He's like, yeah. And then he's like, there's always these advertisements about bitches being in my neighborhood that want to have sex with you. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, they're always like 50, 50, 60. And I'm like, you know, that's not real. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, sorry. What, what was his response think... to that? Wait. What, what was his response to that? I didn't say that. I just said okay. Okay. It's a lot okay. easier just to say okay. Sure. And uh, so, can you figure out a reason why he's getting porn pop-ups on no, his phone? I, I I have an idea. I certainly do have an idea. Now, uh, he probably follow... gets those. He probably gets those. Uh, goes to websites right. and gets the thing where it's like your, you know, your. Uh, uh, virus check is out of date. Virus check is out of yeah. There's probably he has a lot of Viagra that he's purchased. You know, I think he's actually helping to support all of Nigeria at this point. It's quite possible. It's uh, it's great of him though. Very ph- philanthropic to to help out all those princes that don't have their money. All right, I'm gonna start the show this time. Oh, whoa, okay. Uh, we'll Welcome sit back. To- Welcome to whatever this is, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. No, we we can't steal our catchphrase. This is whatever this is, the podcast where two guys sit down and discover whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I'm talking with Grant. Would never click on that advertisement, Tingly. I'm going to have a potato chip. Okay, well, you now you are making people run away from their computers or smartphones. Because you know what people love? hearing other people eat it's just everyone loves it well it's the chewing 
Yeah, I guess it's more of the chewing. Grant, you, we have a ton of stuff because we've been away for two weeks. We have like a ton of stuff to discuss well, we're gonna, today. We're going to focus on one of them, I am assuming. Sure, but I, I'll, we want to talk about this other stuff here too. Before we get there though, I see you have a game here for me. Oh, I was going to, I thought we were going to do the whole episode on the uh, Oscars. So I didn't really, um, it's great that we, we prepare this show and are so rigorous in our preparation before we push record. Uh, I, I used to think you had something written in, in game. So I thought that that meant we were going to do a game, but if that's not the case, then we can move on. That was for last week. Oh, I see. You just didn't update the document. All right. Well, I will publicly shame you here later on. Grant, let's do, let's do characters. Welcome. Okay, sure. What's that? That's the uh, we brought into uh, a trial run last time we recorded, oh, where right, I yeah. read off character names and you tell me what movie it is. So the top okay. ten character names. Okay, I'm ready. All right, number ten is Rose. Is it Star Wars: The Force Awakens, or not The Force nope. Awakens? The, the last, or the, whatever the last one was. Doesn't matter. Uh, Clarnella. Nope, they have no idea. Hubris. Hubris. If you I, get it right now, you'll be. I'll. I'll be impressed. Is it? Is it Disney's Hercules? Betty Lou Who. Oh my goodness! This is the the Grinch stole Christmas. There you go. Now is this the live action Ron Howard directed film or is this the animated feature? Ron Howard directed film. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the fact that they are making a new? How the Grinch Stole Christmas, 3D animated. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. It looks, Grant, and I'm I don't use this word uh, a, a whole lot, but I'm gonna say like just a huge dumpster fire. It is. It, it looks awful. In fact, and in fact, I, I would I would go so far as to say that uh, I might prefer to watch the dumpster fire. At the very least, you you have. Uh, you have the, the the hobo there that's trying to rescue his belongings, and well, that's and the, good for at and, least a couple seconds. And the dumpster babies being burned alive, providing a nice bouquet of barbecue. Well, Grant, I'm a liberal, so as you know, I love killing babies, so that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. So on uh, Top Chef uh, the other day, uh, one of the main uh, judges on that on the the host on that show, Padme Laxmi. Yeah, I, know I believe Padme. that's her name. And she wore. Uh, Planned Parenthood pin, mm-hmm. and she got everybody else on the show, the 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 judges and everything, to wear a Planned Parenthood pin. And guess what happened? They killed babies. Um, or people freaked was, out. People freaked out, and so all those people that were on there got their twitters inundated with "so happy to see you're a you know all about killing babies." Uh, somebody said, good for the women, and somebody else responded to them, yeah, good for all those hundreds of millions of women that they kill, potential future women. You know, and uh, one person even brought up the fact that Planned Parenthood sells baby body parts, mm. which has been proven wrong. Not true at all. Thousands of times. And the think... video, the video they have of Planned Parenthood employees discussing selling uh, baby parts was actually staged. You know, not to get off into too big of a tangent here, Grant, and this isn't really even what you're talking about necessarily. What 
I guess really frustrates me a whole lot is not so much that people have different opinions on things. I think it's perfectly valid to not love abortion. I think that's a perfectly valid argument to have. Uh, by the way, by the way, love abortion, great band name. <laughs> it certainly would be. Sell the t-shirts. I guess what my, my frustration, though, is is that it's really hard to either have a debate or a conversation with someone when the actual facts of the matter cannot even be agreed upon, where you can't even accept, okay, this is what is going on. Okay, now are you for or against that? It's just like, no, everybody's either lying to me or there's this huge conspiracy where there's not actually a conspiracy or everyone on the opposite side of this is categorically evil and out to get me. And I think, again, this does happen on both uh, left versus right dichotomies. I just, it's, it's kind of dispiriting after a while when you can't just have a, a conversation on what is going on and instead you have to actually have this huge roundabout argument about like, okay, but we're not even arguing about the same thing because what you are arguing is not even close to being true. Yes. Uh, and this is the part, Grant, it's always, where, it's where really, you say it's, I'm wrong about everything. It's really it, Well, I was about to say, it's really tough to have a conversation when it's like we both are – what our politics are probably very close. I would say pretty much. I would actually say that you're probably more liberal than I am. But Well, I'm more, I'm more uh, economically liberal. Yeah, I would say so. Whereas social issues were probably step and step. Yeah, I would, I would like the that. Nazis. <laughs> that's that's like right. Nazis. Just like Nazis, we love Nazis. Uh, Just like Nazis, goose step and step. See, I should have gone with goose step and step from the beginning, but for two reasons. Oh, sorry, uh, for two reasons. No, just hit the uh, microphone again. People love that. Well, you you know, I talk a lot with the old hands. No, the old hands. And if, and this is, by the way, the first time I've smacked it with my hand. That's right. Like, can you remember the last time I smacked it with my hand? I, I don't. Yeah, so so fuck you. I'm pretty good. Um, so goose step and Steph also sounds like somebody who's from Germany. It does. Gustav and Steph. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. sure. I got gotcha. you. That that makes sense. Um, All right. Okay. Do well, you want to do? Do you want to do round two or just jump right into? Oh, things? sure. Yeah, let's do a round two. That now took us should... off on a weird tangent, didn't it? Yeah. I don't even remember what we di what we tangented on. Uh. It, it was how the Grinch stole Christmas, and somehow we got to abortion Nazis. So, I mean, that's just part and parcel for this podcast, I would say. All right, here we go. If you get this within one, I'd be happy. Jay Lovell. <laughs> no idea. Not, you're not even close to having an idea. Wow, I can't believe that. Jeffrey Lovell. Do you want me to just power through the next five? Yeah, because I don't know who those are. Su Susan Lovell. Barbara Lovell, Marilyn Lovell. Okay. So apparently there's a family. The world according to Garp. Gene Kranz. Gene Kranz. I would have gotten this within one, by the way. Well, good for you. I, I, I probably have not seen because this remember, movie. You can guess one like one time per person I name. You can guess. The so Royal I'll give Tenenbaums. you five guesses right now. Five, five guesses. Go. Uh, it's not the Royal Tenenbaums. It's not... Uh, it's not... Uh, Seven Psychopaths or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Ken Mattingly. Nope. Nope. No idea. Jack Swigger. Jack Swigger? Swiggert. So, so first of all, you're now just naming names that were out of rejected Charles Dickens novels. Yes. 
I don't know. You have to keep going. You're going to have to go to, like, number one before I'm probably going to get this. Yeah, we're at two. And then what I'll do is I'm going to list off the actors in the same order. Okay. See if you can get it all. Jim Lovell. Oh, Fred Hayes and Jim Lovell. Okay, no. All right, here we go. Number 10 on the actor side. Max Elliott Slade, I'll move on. Miko Hughes, I'll move on. Emily Ann Lloyd, I'll move on. Uh, Mary-Kate Shellhart, I'll move on. Now we get to the meat and potatoes of this, the top six. Sure. Kat- Kathleen Quinlan. No, I don't even know who that is. Wow, good for you. Ed Harris. Okay, we have Ed Harris. Anything? No. Just say Truman Show or something. Pollock. That's a good movie. Uh, Gary Sinise. This, no, it's not Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. No, because they were Kevin Bacon. Oh, is it Kevin Bacon and Ed Harris? Is it The Truman Show? Bill Paxton. Paxton, Bill Paxton. This is sad. I'm sorry. I just am not even. They're all in a family together. I don't know. I, I have no idea. And then Jim Lovell is portrayed by Tom Hanks. All right, the show's over. <laughs> this is, I, don't this, mean, no, I, don't no, for, I don't even mean for now. I mean, this is done. This I'll is done. talk to you in a couple of years. Is it, uh, is it uh, the, the space movie? <laughs> uh, Are keep, the I, I, I keep thinking Ocean's Eleven. It's not Ocean's Eleven. It's Apollo 13. There you go. Thank you. Directed I, by Ron Howard. Directed we, by Ron we, Howard. Won't, we won't go to round three because that took eight <laughs> times as long. That took 18 minutes of our time. I that, w- that took. W- would never have been able in a million years, Grant, to tell you what the character names were of the people in that movie. By the way, the amount of times the second round, like the amount of time the second round took up, forty-seven different seasons of Supernatural yeah, aired. Yeah, I, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's still the better. same. Still the same two characters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other, the other day in, uh, I think I already told this story, but the other day I was in group therapy. And we talked about our favorite TV shows. Sure. And like eight people were like supernatural. And I'm like, okay, I, I can I, – some people, it's tough to tell why they're in therapy. But I get you eight. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah, I understand. No closure. Grant, you are correct in saying that this past Sunday was the 90th annual Academy Awards. It was a celebration of arts and cinema and following your dreams – and, and and don't forget, crafts and crafts and the crafts. Uh, I don't I think you crafts. watched. I, I know. I don't think you, you watched me, it. Did so you're you? making fun of yourself. You didn't no. watch. Yeah, you didn't watch a second of it. I was at dinner. We were talking. I told you I was at dinner. I know. I'm just saying for the, for the benefit of the audience, you didn't watch a single minute of this award show, at least well, not I, while it aired. While it aired, yeah, I've seen some of the YouTube stuff now. Mm-hmm. I like, watched the worst part of the entire show. The hot dog cannons. I mean, at least it was f- more fun than what the last three Oscar ceremonies have done with the, uh, like let's let's have real people show up at the Academy Awards shtick that they keep trying to make a thing. But agreed. But, but it's agreed. only patronizing. It is. Uh, so I guess this is going to be odd, but because you didn't watch it live, what were your impressions of this year's awards? Let's start there. Well, I, I, in the middle of the award ceremony, I tweeted out, um, has anything happened that uh, would make me happy so far? And one person just comes in with the simple two-word two, uh, tweet, Roger Deakins. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest one. Because I honestly, and 
you and I had this conversation when we were making our predictions. It's like, nope, I think he's going to be screwed over once more. I just don't think he's going to do it. He's had so many chances and so many years where it was clearly obvious that it should go to Roger Deakins, and he did not receive it. And this is the year he actually got it. Well-deserved, 100%. Totally screwed me over on my Oscar pool, though. Um, I don't think that was the only thing that screwed you over. No, it was me trying to be... So here's the thing. If, if you had not listened to our Oscar predictions podcast, it was, I was convinced, I was 100% convinced that because of all of this new membership, the 900 new members that they admitted to the Academy in this past year, that there was going to be this huge upset in like every category and that we we're going to see this new Hollywood emerge from, from the ashes of the old. And none of that happened. Like, literally none of that happened. Every award went to exactly who everyone predicted was going to go to. So there was not a huge surprise in really any category, I would say. Well, when when I got home and I was able to – so Monday afternoon, I uh, got home from San Diego. And I checked out on the internet the uh, full list of winners. And – there were two categories that I kind of went with, uh, who, like I thought somebody else would win when I should have picked it. Sure. So there's like two categories where I picked, uh, I picked who I wanted to win. One one category was I picked who I wanted to win mm-hmm. and lost. The other category was I picked just kind of what sounded better than mine, uh, documentary, and sure. I lost there. Yeah. So there was two categories where I I know for a fact that I just boned that it was your fault well yeah. let's go through i just want to very quickly run through some of these uh best documentary search subject went to heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 best makeup went to the darkest hour uh the sorry the best sound editing went to dunkirk best sound mixing went to dunkirk uh best live action short film went to the silent well, child wait are, are, are what what are we going through then? If you're just going to read off all the winners, I'm 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 going through all the categories before we get to the like the top like what eight categories, just so okay. that we have it. The uh, best visual effects went to Blade Runner 2049. Best costume design went to The Phantom Thread. Uh, best animated short film went to Dear Basketball. So Kobe Bryant is a is a Oscar winner now. Best documentary feature went to Icarus. So it's, it's going to take me an hour and a half to find the categories that you want me to find on the Google Doc sheet because, you know, I put them in order and all that stuff. Oh, did you? I did not even scroll down to see that. Uh, best production. Well, no, it's – oh, did I, oh no, I wrote, I wrote it down, but I didn't share it with you. But right. I wrote down, like, what each category was, who won, and what we each picked. Okay, no, we'll go through that too. I just don't well, think we need to – I don't think we need to do that for every single category. Is well, thing. what I'm we saying do... now, it's going to take me an hour to find each category. Great. Again, this is great audio as we discover what the podcast you know is what? while this we're is, recording the is, podcast. This is the point <laughs> that people listen to. When we get too polished, that's the problem. All right. Drive Best... people away when we're too polished. Best production design went to The Shape of Water. Best film editing went to Dunkirk. Best animated feature went to Coco. Best cinematography, we said. I think you're overestimating how much I have to say about each category. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, best cinematography, we already said, went to Blade Runner. That was uh, uh, Deacon's. Uh, score went to Shape of Water. Foreign language film went to A Fantastic Woman. 
That, I'm going to say, is kind of the quick and dirty ones. Now we can focus on the wars that everyone actually cares about, Grant. Yeah, but nobody's going to get the drama of how our score was without doing all those before it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do a very quick rundown then. Uh, at this point in the evening, I had zero correct. So <laughs> that's that's what's going on. Yeah, the, uh, the, way, the way I set it up, um, I was like, let's... I built it up, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. For a while there, it was neck and neck. <laughs> it was. It was not neck and neck, Grant. Uh, it was. You're you're very a- kind. After after the tenth category uh-huh. that I have listed on my document, it's five four. In, me in your favor. Yeah. Yes, I I think five was what I ended up with. Five or six or something is what I ended up with at the end of well, the. Well, whatever night. we do, we should just explain the ending of the uh, podcast right now. That's right. Um. <laughs> Let's go then. And through. you're wrong. It wasn't five. Okay. I just remember what it was uh, on the night of the Oscars when I filled in my ballot. And it's probably, I had different categories I probably picked. Is that I got a grand total of six correct for the entire evening. So Okay, that, that is what you got on this one. Yeah. So, um, let's then go through, let's go through uh, the screenplays first. So I think... What did we say? What did we both pick for best original screenplay, Grant? I picked Get Out. Ooh, and what did I pick? Big Sick. That's right. Um, I really, really wanted the Big Sick to win this award. That being said, I was over the moon that Jordan Peele also won his award, and I thought it was so lovely to see uh, Keegan-Michael Key be so enthusiastic you didn't see that during the event but afterwards on like twitter and other places you just saw how excited he was that this was an award that uh that that won and his speech was great i really liked it have you watched jordan peele's speech yet grant i did yeah because i'm not racist (laughs) good that's good for you when i walk around the streets all the time uh walking up to just black people and just Koreans, only those two. And saying, by the way, just want you to know, I'm a totally not a racist. I am not a racist. I'm no racist. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I yeah, could. That, that's right. <laughs> good, sick joke there, Grant. Oh, I'm good at this. It's almost like I've been uh, doing uh, this for like five years now. Right, right. By the way, I miscounted your wins. You only have five. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, so spoiler alert on, on that I didn't, one. I didn't want you to get too cocky during That's the reading right. of this. I, I will say, I'll break in here and just mention the fact that this is the worst I have ever done in predicting who is going to win. Because I just went all in with like, it's going to be totally new and everything is going to be revolutionary. And it just, it was not at, at all. Which is well, too, too bad. This is the best I've ever done. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe next year it'll be the inverse of this. The best... Adapted screenplay, Grant, uh, went to Call Me By Your Name, James Ivory. Who did we both pick? Whoops. I just did something stupid. You just erased uh, everything. I I did, but good thing for Control-Z, right? Yeah, exactly. Adapted screenplay, I went with my heart on this one. And I don't regret going with my heart on this one. Because I put Logan. Hey, great choice. I really do believe that that uh, deserved to be in this category, 100%. What I was is... just thinking, I was thinking this is the first superhero movie yeah. to win a major 
award. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it's in one of those categories where they're like, sorry, we're not going to give you these bigger awards, but we want to acknowledge you, the filmmaker. Because I, I think when, when we get into like the difference between writer, directors, and filmmakers, I like to think filmmakers also create their pieces of work. Sure. So they write them and direct them. You know, basically are and and in in some cases, um, like what's the guy's name that does? Uh, oh, Soderbergh and nice. the Coen Brothers. Sure. And Kevin Smith also edit their movies. So, like the people that have the most fingers and the most pies in a movie, I really feel they're the you know the predominant filmmaker. Right. Like, let's say uh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis stars in Lincoln. He and wrote it's Lincoln. Lincoln. Wrote actually, Lincoln and actually wrote the Lincoln. score to Lincoln. He, now, he actually which, studied for 15 years to become a concert pianist just so that he could score Lincoln at the same time. For for those years, he uh, demanded he be called Maestro. Maestro, actually, Maestro, right. Uh, so you, you picked Logan. I think would have also been a very well-deserved pick, honestly, if it had won. I, I just I, wanted a major award for a genre flick, you know? Um, do you think, because there's a lot of prognosticating going on right now do you think that black panther has even a tiny bit of a shot to be nominated next year in any category any of the well, major categories i should say i think a major category is going to get nominated and uh, like logan got nominated this year i'm going to assume that ant-man and the wasp and avengers 3 they're not going to get any major consideration at all right so i think if we're looking at a comic book movie in dc that's cute if if we're looking at a comic book movie here getting something, it's going to be Marvel and Black Panther this year. I wouldn't be upset if Michael B. Jordan got a nomination for like Best Supporting Actor out of it. Yeah, I wouldn't cry. Um, anyways, who did I pick back when, when we did this? It's now tied. Well, on my sheet, it would be tied right now, one-to-one. Right. Call me by your name. Because that's who I picked. Uh, this actually made history because James Ivory is the oldest person who has ever won an Academy Award. Like, full stop. He was 89 years old, or years young, I suppose, uh, when he won this award. Just a few months away from turning 90. Walked up there with a cane and everything. I thought it was a very sweet speech as well. Um, but yeah, I, 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 of course, am like the biggest lover of this movie. If you follow me on YouTube, you'll have noticed that I have made not one, but two videos uh, talking about Call Me By Your Name. And in so, each video, he's eating a holy peach. I'm actually completely nude while doing it as well. So if that yeah, what's so your whistle, it, then you can yeah, go over it, to youtube.com slash whatever my YouTube channel is. He's also, uh, along with eating a holy peach, I didn't know you were going to reveal so much, so I'm going to reveal a little bit more. Sure. Not only is he eating a holy peach, but he's wearing a holy peach as well. Mm -hmm. Same time. Right, right. Just it's, a holy peach. That's it's, it. It's crazy. It's crazy out there. But who do you think will be the oldest Academy Award winner, let's say, in the next five years? I'll, oh. There's only one correct answer. Is it going to be Christopher Plummer? It's going to be Christopher Plummer. That well, guy is going to get it. But he's already won before. I know, but he would – oh, the, you're saying the oldest first-timer? Yeah. Well, no, oh, no, I, no, sorry. First – oldest ever, like just literally ever. No one has ever been 89 years old and won an Academy Award before yeah. James Ivory did it here this last Sunday. Yeah, so Plummer's 88. Yeah. His birthday's in December. I can seriously consider in the next five years that any year, because how much effort did he put into the money and all the, all the money in the world? Not much. 
like he, he he basically trimmed his fingernails and mailed the film his fingernail clippings right and they just they you know remember when you used to put elmer's glue down and then just pour you know glitter on top of it well i never did that but yes i i, I saw kids do this yeah so i did that in school so basically to get this performance uh scott you know drew out christopher Plummer's face in Elmer's glue, ground down the fingernail clippings, poured it over his face, and just held that in front of the camera. And he still got an Oscar nomination. That's right. I mean, the thing is, what's very interesting is that all of Christopher Plummer's nominations have come in his 80s. Uh, he's gotten three or four of them while being in his 80s. So I guess just like fine wine, he's drinkable. Um, okay, uh, let's. This I, I know this is not technically a major category, but I didn't mention it, uh, and I want to tell you how upset I am. But uh, visual best, effects? No, best original song. Oh, original song went to uh, went to the song from Coco, the Remember Me. Well, you know, you want to know where you went wrong? Where's that? Ever voting to give an award for Sufjan Stevens or Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan, yeah. Or Sufjan Stevens. It should have gone to him, though, Grant. Stevens. He had the he, best song of the night. He's never going to win any awards for anything, ever. 100% he had the, the best song of the night, and it should have gone to him, and it did not. So hey, I love I Remember voted, Me, voted, by the way, though, had a horrible, like I'm talking terrible presentation of that song on, on the show. Well, good thing it's not, you know, vote as you go. Mm-hmm. True. It is true. So the uh, original song, I voted uh, I voted for Coco. Yes. Kyle voted for Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. No, I agree. And the winner was Coco! Yay, go Grant. Um, okay. Uh, well... By the way, with all these major categories except for one, I got them right. Mm, right. I think I know which one you got wrong, but we'll go through that. Uh, so... I voted for, with my heart again, that, that one. So best and that, that's one that I regret wholeheartedly. Right. Best supporting actress uh, went to Allison Janney from I Tanya, and who did we pick, Grant? You got to give me an hour and a half to find best supporting actress. Just control F it. Just control F and find it. Okay, so I voted for Allison Janney. Uh huh. Kyle voted because he has a hard on for Roseanne. <laughs> or he met. Oh, I still think it should go to Laurie Metcalf, but that's a, a losing fight. I guess I will I'll have to wage myself. So you're going to gloat at me. By the way, can I just say, have you watched Allison Janney's speech from the show? No, I saw Frances McDormand's. Okay. Allison Janney probably had what I consider the funniest opening of an Oscar speech of all time, uh, which she goes up there. She waits for everyone to quiet down, and she just like looks out at everyone and says... It was all me. I had no help. <laughs> and I thought that was just phenomenal. That just for a moment, we're just going to like cut away the uh, this celebratory nature. She, of course, went on to thank a bunch of people, but I just thought it was a great way to start it. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I really like how you recreated it and painted a picture in my mind's eye. You know, as I've always told you, you're great with the linguistic storytelling. Thank you. Okay, best. You know, story- you know what you're not great with. What's that? Peaches. Non, non-linguist storytelling. I've seen your interpretive dance. Yes, it's not pretty. Um, it's probably because I, I have too cost- much glitter. I, I enjoyed the co- exactly. I no, I think it was just enough. I really enjoyed the costume. What I was concerned about is the fact that you put the glitter on, 
by spreading Elmer's glue all over your body. Right. Well, it's because I didn't do it as a kid, so I didn't really understand how to do it properly. Uh, You know, looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have used the hot glue gun to to affix it. Uh, That was just a lot more screaming than really what was necessary. But the the funny fact that I got the little tidbit from you, from your body language, because you know the hips don't lie, from your body language, what I really got from that is it's not the first time a very warm, melty, waxy liquid was poured onto your naked body. No, that is true. The the hips don't lie, Grant, but the jowls do. And uh, man, just uh, just a lot of screaming. Uh, best what, of- what if what if our if our um if our balls, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, 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 you're talking. You're talking testicles. Testicles. Okay. Yeah. And if they only uh, like grew out and dropped from inside your brain, uh, you know, and so they're hanging out from they're hanging off your cheeks, both cheek, right where the jowls are. Yes. Would right. they Would they have called it the family jowls instead of the family jewels? Thank you for taking me on that journey, Grant. And I'm gonna say, maybe. Best Supporting Actor went to Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards Outside oh, Ebbing, Missouri. By the way, somebody else, when I said what would make me happy to hear tonight, really late in the evening, just sent me Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And I was also like, yes. So those were my two. Uh, Rich, Roger Deakins and Sam Rockwell were like, I'm I'm happy with the whole right. ceremony. And this is – is this the one that you didn't get right? Or did no, you I pick... got this right. Of okay. course, I picked Sam Rockwell. Anytime Sam Rockwell is nominated for anything, I'm voting for him. Which is so funny. I was actually at the Oscar I went to. Uh, one of my friends just hates Sam Rockwell, like hates him so much, and said, I refuse to, even though everyone else picked Sam Rockwell to win in this category. He's like, I'm refusing to because uh, I don't like him. So there you go. Different, different strokes for different folks. That guy's a butthat. <laughs> a Mr. Butthat to you, Grant. Dr. Butthat. I didn't yeah. go to eight years of Butthat College to just be called Mr. I will also say that he'd had a pretty good speech as well. I, I like Sam's speech. So Sam Rockwell was my vote, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, and I went with someone else. Which, by the way, um, when you when you mentioned Richard Jenkins as right. your vote, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like, this could be the situation where they go with Richard Jenkins because he should have won before. Oh, he should have won for The Visitor like years yeah. ago. Like such a great role that apparently had no hope of ever winning. But that was such a good performance. And so I, that's what I was thinking because we know the Academy is is want to – like yes. we should have given him this Oscar five years ago. Now let's give it to him now. Right. But then it builds them into that horrible self-feeding you know, Ouroboros snake – of they give it to somebody who doesn't like if they gave it to Richard Jenkins, he wouldn't have deserved it this year. True, true. And then in five years, when Sam Rockwell is nominated for another movie, they're gonna give it to him because he should have won it this year. And then whoever was more deserving that year, see, it just feeds itself. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. <laughs> but Richard Jen- Jenkins, uh, oh, but by the way, that weird feeding itself might be uh, part of what you were expecting all these upsets to be. That maybe those 900 new members are going to stop that weird process. Could be, yeah. Um, Especially I, because they don't remember that Robert Downey Jr. was cheated by Al Pacino because uh, he should have won for uh, Chaplin and Al Pacino won for Scent of a Woman, sure. which is not a good movie. Um, couldn't tell you. haven't seen it. But, I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, that they still went in many – this is going to sound weird based on a film that has a mute woman have relations with a fish man. 
but they did kind of go with the safe choice in many ways um out of out of many of the nominees that were there uh so i don't know i I, i'm still curious about how this new membership is really going to affect it going long term i think we will definitely see more women and people of color be nominated in the categories i still don't know if the academy is ever going to get out of the like how are these the movies that we're picking for best picture when most people have never seen them not that i think that should be the only prerequisite but at the same time uh i think i think that there are great movies being made that are not just for art house cinemas well this this is what i would want to find out i would want to do you know get ronan farrow on the case and try and find out if if because this movie made 700 million dollars at the box office the global box office are people less likely to vote for it? Is that why? Or was it just because – is it because the movie costs so much to make? Yeah, is that why they're less likely to vote for it? Or is it simply because they're like, this is a genre movie. This is a comic book movie. Now, because of the source material, that's why I'm not going to vote for it. Because I would really want to know, is it the source material? Is it who they think you know enjoys those movies? Because who wants to vote you know for – 200 million comic book guys across the the whole uh, globe, right? Well, no, I, but I, just take Logan as the example, right? Yeah. Logan is, I think, a good movie, and I think it's a good movie even without the comic book elements in it. Even if you walked into that movie not knowing a single thing about any X-Man, you could still enjoy that movie because I think they did it that well. And I think I look at that and be like, well, why couldn't you nominate that for Best Picture? I, I thought the same thing for a dark for The Dark Knight, whatever that was, 10 years ago, is that that is still a great movie. It's not just a good comic book movie. I think it's just a great movie. And I think well, you should definitely see recognition of that. So I don't think it's necessarily subject matter. I think what I'd be interested in, which is kind of what you're going for here, is is it that they are legitimately thinking, no, these movies are so much better, or is it, uh, I don't, uh, the, the, the Academy doesn't think uh, we should nominate this, so I'm not going to nominate it because this is not an Academy Award movie where there's this weird mental gymnastics that's going on in someone's head, which is, I can't nominate well, this film because the Academy wouldn't nominate this film, so I'm not even going to try. It's country club mentality, right? Yeah. We're going to invite this person into the country club. And you know at least one-third of the people at the country club are going to say, he's not Chevy Chase material. Sure. You know, and that's – so it's like, do you know, no matter – he could be a triple doctorate and whatever, but because of his upbringing, he's from the wrong side of the tracks. He writes a bunch of rap songs about his mom's spaghetti, mm-hmm. you know – just because of the upbringing, we're not going to let him in here, even though he's billionaire Mark Zuckerberg. Right. You know, so it's you, – which you would think would be more from the elder statesmen of the academy, which still outnumber – anyways, it's still a white male old person club. Uh, sure. I, be, I guess I just remember at a time, like when I started watching the Academy Awards on a yearly basis, this is back in my like pre-teens and I was somehow fascinated by this by this award show – and it would go to things like, say, Braveheart. Braveheart was like a huge box office success. Uh, people everywhere went and went to that and loved it, and it won Best Picture. Same thing with Titanic. Uh, 
what else went there in the early years? Uh, same thing with like Unforgiven yeah, but, and, and those types of movies. Well, these there's, were, there, these there's were a certainly, big difference. Yeah. Titanic was a horrible movie. Well, I don't think it was, but I mean, I get your point. Um, <laughs> the only, the best part of Titanic? Uh-huh. Billy Zane. Billy of course, the, the Zanester. Best, the, best, the best performance in that movie? Billy Zane's wig. Yeah. I guess I'm just saying that I think the last true blockbuster that won Best Picture was probably, what, the third Lord of the Rings movie? Like, since that time... But they had to make, they had to make uh, like 17 hours of film to like equal. It's like the, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, It's, uh, that would be going in a really weird direction. Uh, But it's, it's, um, it took, you know, it took them three times as long to be like, because that, that award was for the trilogy. Sure. It's not, let's not go any different directions here. It's clearly for the trilogy. No, I get that. But I'm just, and I, so it took him three times as long as any other film to get recognition. But I'm going to go. Let, I'm going right back to 1990. And I'm again. I, just take out the the um, quality out of the equation. I'm just going with box office here right now, and like movies that people are actually going and seeing. So 1990 was Dances with Wolves, huge box office success. 91, Silence of the Lambs, same thing. 92, Unforgiven, same thing. 93 was Schindler's List, another huge box office. Uh, so there's like the, the the outlier here, but people kind of just recognize, hey, that's like a great movie. So we should probably just give that to it. Uh, but I will say that in the nominated against Schindler's List was The Fugitive. So you have that. Um, 94, Forrest Gump. 95, Braveheart. 96, The English Patient, which again is not uh, a huge box office, I don't think. But Jerry Maguire was nominated that year. There, yeah, there's no way the the English Patient was able to make enough money because I think it was it was uh, I believe. Uh, let me let me go on Wikipedia really quick. Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, the the runtime for the English Patient is 72 seasons of Supernatural. That's right. That's right. That's what uh, it says right here on Wikipedia. 72. It's become a unit of measurement. A season. Right. It's pretty impressive. Um, I guess what I'm, I, I, let me take a look here. So we had the Lord of the Rings Return of the King was in 2003. And then since then, we've had Million Dollar Baby, which was a smaller film. Crash, which nobody liked, but still somehow won Best Picture. Well, it, it's like that one friend in the group. Yeah. That nobody likes, but nobody is against. Right. So it, like how, if you're, if you're doing like a hockey game. Sure. Somehow he gets like elected you know, team captain mm-hmm. just because he offends no one and no one will be offended if you pick him over them. Sure. Right. He's the group's flan. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's the flan. I, I want to see the movie, the flan. Um, okay. So here's something it, that's going to wreck it my, star, it, would, it would star Billy Corrigan, by the way. And the flan and, would star Billy Corrigan. It would. But then of course uh, there would be the best supporting actor to Billy Zane. And then, okay, so here's the, the movie that's going to disprove my theory. <laughs> so 2006, I went to The Departed, which is, was pretty successful for Martin Scorsese. But then we have No Country for Old Men, Slumdog Millionaire, The Hurt Locker, uh, The King's Speech, The Artist, Argo, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, Spotlight, Moonlight, and now finally The Shape of Water. So a few of those three, I would say. Three, three of those movies I saw in the theater. Can you guess which ones? Uh, probably Argo. Yes. King's Speech. No. No? Hmm. The Hurt Locker? 
Yes, I was the only person in uh, Murrieta in the theater at the time, opening weekend. And I'm going to say Slumdog. No, I can't remember what the third one was now because... 12 Years a Slave. Or... Birdman. Yeah. Birdman, of course, Birdman. Uh, anyways, I'm going to say Argo is, again, the outlier here. But as you can see, over like the last 10 years, it's been going pretty consistently to movies that are very low budget, that are making less than $100 million. And a lot of those, I'm going to guess, probably less than... $50 million is who it's going to. Again, not saying that it has to go to like the most successful movie, but it's interesting to me that it's consistently not going to something that people are actually watching. Now, is this going to okay. force people now, to go and watch it? Possibly. Um, the Shape of Water, I'm, let's just see. What is its uh, haul here so far? Let me scroll down here on the old Wikipedia and see if it tells me. Box office. It has grossed $57 million. Which movie which movie grossed more? Argo or Slumdog Millionaire? Mm, I'm going to say Argo. Slumdog Millionaire, 377.9 million dollars. Right. Wow. Argo, 232.3 okay. million dollars. Yeah. But so yeah, even like The Shape of Water, which I would say is a pretty like high budgeted film, has only made and this is only North America, but 57 million dollars American, 126 million worldwide. So I wouldn't say call that like the biggest box office smash in the world either. Well, let's see. This is a huge side tangent, which is kind of going away from my main point. My main point is, will there's there seems to be right now in Hollywood, and there's been a lot of essays and, and articles that I've written, uh, read that talk about this, about how uh, out of balance Hollywood is right now, which there seems to be only two types of films that are being made. It's the like $200 million budgeted blockbuster that comes out during the summer months. And then there is the low budget film that's being made for like maybe $30 million or less. And there's really nothing in the middle anymore. Here and there, there is, but really this middle kind of like the middle class in North America grant is being sucked away. And all you are having is like this huge budgeted movies and the very small budgeted movies. And there well, doesn't seem to be a lot of playground in the middle. I have to ask you, yes. that brings me back to the, like, that's why I want Ronan Farrow to look into this. Like, is it the budget? Is it the star power? What turns people's gaze away from things like Logan? Hmm. That's why yeah. we got to, gotta, I'm going to Twitter Ronan tonight. Yeah, I'm here's, gonna, here's I'm the next gonna, article. Uh, but here, here's a fun uh, trivia question. Sure. What was the shape of water's budget? I'm gonna guess that it was probably. I'm gonna guess it was probably fifty million dollars. Five zero. Yeah. It was nineteen point five. That's bonkers, man. Does it not? It looks way more on the screen. Even if you don't like that movie, it looks way more was spent on that movie. Well, I was talking to uh, Tyler Hauser, Forrest Hauser, the other day. I don't think I'm familiar with that person, but uh, okay, continue on. Um. Well, I know that you uh, are introduced to him every week. And every week, forget about him. Yeah, just completely forget about him until the end of the show. Um, so who are we talking about again? So I was talking to Tyler Forrest Hauser. Oh, right, right, right. About Sci-Fi Channel shows for you guys up at North. It's the Space Channel. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, all of a sudden, you know, in the last five years, I could be watching a science fiction show, and I think I'm watching a movie mm -hmm. because the the stuff you can do on a three hundred dollar PC. Is yeah, as good 
as you know, with like a three hundred dollar laptop with no processing speed. Well, I think you it's, can, it you can basically down... remake every eighties and nineties sci fi show. Well, not only that, it's it's just time. It, like even if you don't have a great processor or a graphics card, it's just you can still do it on, like you said, a three hundred dollar laptop. You're just gonna wait like three hours for render times for like a a three minute clip. <laughs> Is that with modern technology or old technology? I'm just saying, like, modern modern technology. Yeah. If you go buy a $300 computer to do editing on, you are going to be waiting a while for things to well, render and, well, and yeah. save out. But I was I was saying, like, 90s, you know, SG-1. Oh, sorry. And yeah. then 80s think... Battlestar Galactica. We can use a $300 computer, and you wouldn't tell the difference between the two. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But now, all of a sudden, in the last 18 years, we've gone to the point where I could go to Best Buy, buy a new computer, and I could probably make what they're showing on some of these shows on sci-fi mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's really good. So it's, it's the exponential increase of technology they talk about all the time where it's, you know, one year we've got a, you know, two gigs of Ram on an, you know, a three yeah. inch by half inch little chip. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's, it's honestly, you go back. This is why I think that when you look at the like eighties movies and early nineties films, sure they're dated and sure you can be like, Oh, I can see the seams a little bit, but they hold up so much better than when you watch a film from the year 2001 and it's special effects that we're running on there. And you're yeah, like, like, whoa. Yeah, like the just before time. The yeah. just before time. Like, what is going on with this movie? It's just like, it looks bad. This looks bad. Um, well, it was, what, uh, the original Spider-Man when he was leaping from roof to roof? You're like, what is when, what that? is this? Well, so even, like, I mean, remember the <laughs> a few years ago when I watched, like, every single Godzilla film? It's like, yeah, sure, the, the 60s was just a guy in a rubber suit, but I'll take that any day of the week than uh, Godzilla 2000, which is like, well, those are just a bunch of pixels, and it looks really ugly, and I can tell it's not, there's nothing on the screen that this is interacting with, uh, with real human beings. All right, so leading actress in a motion picture... Yeah. Uh, I believe that's what the show's about. I could be wrong. Could be. Went to Francis McDormand, uh, Three Billboards, outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I'm pretty sure we both picked Francis. Yeah, this is the only major category you got right. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I know. I think you got Best Director or Best Picture or something like that. Well, we'll see. Um, this brings, Okay, so you saw her speech, though, right? Oh, nope, never mind. I, I totally misspoke that last second. You got nothing else right. <laughs> I was pretty sure, but well, I was like, uh, if you can prove me wrong, then go ahead. Yeah, I saw her speech, and the, the greatest thing about her speech was, of course, bringing massive attention to the inclusion writer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Which I was only very tentatively understood what that meant, and I'm so glad that there were so many articles that night and the next morning that were explaining what she was actually meaning. Well, I had heard it before, right? But I've only heard the term inclusion writer maybe one time every few months over the past 18 months or so. Right. But I never knew what it was. And it took me like five times of hearing it to realize, oh, they mean in a contract. Right, right. (laughs) I thought it was Hell's Angels just putting a Mexican on their back bumper and driving. Right, an inclusion, an inclusion yeah. writer. I just means that they want guy. people of color and and minorities to be behind the camera as well. So just so that not every single person is white on the film. Okay, uh, so the top searches that night uh, was inclusion. Yeah. Followed by cinematography, followed by in memoriam, followed by feminism, followed by writer. 
Right. Okay. Well, there we that go. That was su- Sunday after the uh, the Oscars aired. Those were the top Merriam-Webster. Yeah, people just don't know how to use Google, and that's fine. You yeah. know, it's true though. By the way, that even though people think we don't prepare, and you don't think we bo- don't prepare, I do. You know, pull up stuff on the old computer to bring up during the. It's just that sometimes we divert so way off track. Yeah, I know. That I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm bringing it back to this page. Yeah, that's right. And we're probably not going to do it in any other of our categories. I honestly thought this was going to be a very quick uh, update that we're going to give to people. But um, so well, what, Francis once, McDormand... you, what, once you said it was supposed to be quick, I was like, I'm going to make this long. Yeah, I know. This is like your your game with me every week. It's like, well, you said this was only going to be 30 seconds. Let's see if we can stretch this to 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a few different things. I love Frances McDormand's speech. I thought she was great. I love how she got, got everyone up uh, in, in the auditorium, every woman to stand up in the auditorium well, and just I, show I, how much progress has been made over the last couple of years that hopefully love, it I continues love the visual, on the visual of her going let's give this some perspective right and put the oscar on the ground yeah uh that little visual that little beat there sure the visual would make a great magazine cover of this taller than life because the camera was blower you know uh in the what would be the orchestra pit that's right and so you see this massive francis mcdormand and this itty bitty oscar and you're like well yeah, obviously we need a little, maybe we do all need a little perspective on this. That's right. And one thing that I could I saw here, like this is, uh, so the same movie. It's it has it doesn't happen very often, but the same movie got two acting <laughs> awards, uh, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell. Um, and I and I, this thing that popped into my mind, Grant. I mean, we obviously can't answer it because we don't know all the films that are going to be released over the next few years. But I'm curious if you think that there will ever be again. An Oscar Grand Slam, which is the same movie, wins Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. And which movie was the last one to do that? Do you know? Because I do know off the top of my head. Yeah. The last movie that won it was The Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, yeah. That's yeah, right. so in 1991. And there's two others that have done it. Uh, one Flew for the Cuckoo's Nest and, oh gosh, a film from the 30s. Like, it happened one night or something like that. I can't I remember the to, other one. I was about one, to but... say, the one night one. Yeah. Anyway, so there's only been three movies that have ever done it. Um, so I'm just curious if there will ever be another movie that does it. And when it does, how it will immediately be called overrated. Yeah. It happened one <laughs> night. It happened one night. Oh, I was right. Okay, great. I, I just knew it was the the one with night in it, but I couldn't figure out the rest of the words. Right. Um. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting because, again, it's very rare in the recent years for even a best supporting and a best lead to be from the same movie. So I, I'd be very interested to see if that, that ever happens again. Uh, Hang on. Let me let me ask you a qu- quick question here. Sure. When was the last movie – what movie was the last movie that had a shot at the Grand Slam? Oh, ooh, that is a good question. Was it um... – You're going to kick yourself in the uh... – the family jowls if you get this wrong i guess so i'm just trying to oh i should i closed that window here already so i can't uh, look back on it uh i'm trying to i don't know i'm going through my rolodex here really really quick let me ask you this is the movie from the last five years or is it like before that no that was a musical uh the last five years Right, right uh there were no movies in that he wrote novels uh, and she was an actress. No, th- thank you, thank you, Grant. But I'm saying, is the movie that you're referring to was it released in the last five years? Oh gosh, I don't know why I got so confused. Uh, it was the 89th Academy Awards. 
Oh, okay. So it was this last year. Um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. I don't know. You're gonna have to tell me. La La Land. Oh yeah. Best so, picture, best director, uh, best actor and actress, uh, and best. Oh wait, you don't do screenplay, do you? You do. Best screenplay. Yeah, it's the best actor and actress, best director, best picture, and best screenplay. Yeah. And so it was nominated for all of those. And it's actually a lost screenplay, uh, anyway. So and best yeah, just actor. it got it got director and actress. Mm-hmm. Now here is another fun little quick trivia question uh, between the the last let's say since the year 2000 there have been four movies that had the grand slam up for grabs one was la la land yes can you can you name one of the other four since oh. the year 2000 boy um the hard part is me going through this and thinking about actor and actress um well the one the the fun fact uh, um, the English Patient and American Beauty were the last two in the '90s to pull it off. Well, they were nominated; they about, just didn't win it. Yeah, yeah, the, to pull off the nomination, the, the Slam nomination. Yeah. Um, boy, no, I can't think of anything, Grant. Okay, in the seventy-seventh, uh, in two thousand four, it was Million Dollar Baby. Okay. Uh, best Picture, Best Director, Clint Eastwood, who was still directing his own movies back then. Yeah. Best lead, Clint Eastwood. Wouldn't that have been wild? Uh, has that ever happened before? I mean, I, I know people have directed themselves to a best actor Oscar, but I wonder if anyone has actually even come close to winning screenplay, best uh, actor, and best director all in the same year. Anyways, continue on. Continue I had on. That con- I had that conversation this weekend, and we couldn't really figure out anything. Uh, but Reds was written by Warren Beatty, starred Warren Beatty, and was directed by Warren Beatty, and he won the direction. I'm, I wonder if Woody Allen did, actually, for Annie Hall. Woody, Woody Allen for Annie Hall uh, won for uh, Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Screenplay, lost for Best Actor. Okay, yeah, so he didn't he didn't direct himself. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm slowly pulling through all these other ones just to see if there's anybody else. I think the there's other There's not big, that many, so I'm not going to take a lot the, of time. The other big so. trivia, the other big trivia one that we actually glossed over that I was going to bring up. Oh, don't was, forget Billy Wilder. He probably did it yeah, a few times. Was the fact that uh, Robert Lopez and his writing partner, which I feel so bad not remembering what her name is. Uh, yeah, because of course you're sexist. I am. His wife. Christine something. You're gonna have to look it up. I can't remember what her name okay, is. Okay, but yeah, he's the 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 first person ever to get a double to egot. Two, to get two egots. Yeah, he has an an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony twice. All of them well, no, twice. He, he has. I think he has three Emmys and three Tonys. I know. I'm just saying that that's how you get so a double egot. And yeah, but he's he's well on his way for the third egot. He could. He's only in his 40s, so he could potentially get a, a, a triple. Uh, he's also I, the I, quickest uh, break... of getting the the first egot. He also did it in ten years. Uh, um, is... Breaking breaking news. Yes. Uh, the songwriter for Avenue Q and Moana dead at age forty. What are you <sighs> saying this for serious, or are you just like <laughs> being funny? If, if I'm, I'm I'm saying that not for serious, obviously. Well, hang okay. on, let me go to TMZ really quick. Yeah, really. Um, so, anyways, I think that was. I, re- that. I really hope he doesn't die between now and the the podcast being released. Because hey, he did. That would he be- did Book of Mormon as well. He's done some really great work on Broadway. 
So you're saying it's about time that he just shuffles off this mortal coil and leaves something for the rest of us? Yeah, you're super talented. I get it. You can write He's a music. minority. <laughs> what, what are they going to leave for us white men? Exactly. Talking about white men, Gary Oldman won Best Actor for The Darkest Hour uh, in a completely undeserved award. But that's just me being salty. Well, do you know, the, um, what was it? The uh, makeup and, and the makeup one? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is totally going to this one. And I'm like, nope, Darkest Hour. Yeah, I know. And I was like, as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, of course they're going to give it to the Darkest Hour. Yeah, you said Victoria and Abdul. And I'm like, no, they always give it to fat makeup. Yeah. Almost always give it to fat makeup. Which is why, like, Norbit for some, like, how did that not win? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I Norbit think, win? I, I think it did. Hold on. I just realized that that might have actually won. I'm pretty sure it did. Um, Norbit Awards. Uh, this is gonna. I'm really. I'm scrolling now. Hold your hold, hold your horses. Just a nominee. Oh, just Best a nominee. Achievement in makeup. Thank God. <laughs> Hang on. Let's see what else was nominated. I'm gonna guess that it was the. Oh, I can't pull that up real quick. Anyways, oh no, I, there. I remember who I went all in on for Best Actor. Who did? Uh, who did you pick again? Or who did we both pick? Just so the audience knows. So, so the other. No, I'm, I'm just gonna ignore you. Uh, the other nominees for Best Achievement in Makeup that year was Lavia and Rose, which uh -huh. I never saw, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing Pirates won. Lavia and Rose won. Oh, there you go. Uh, so uh, basically, I picked uh, Gary Oldman mm -hmm. because I have a brain between these two ears. And I'm currently not wearing a holy peach. Uh huh. Hey, if you if you looked at the uh, the Vegas odds that morning, it was neck and neck on who they thought was actually going to pull it off. So, but, but here's the thing: they gave it to the guy that's been around for forever. Uh -huh. Probably should have been nominated more than he was had been. Oh, I, and, I agree on that. And, I just wish and, it was for a better movie that he won it for. And Timothy Chalamet, who is your pick, mm -hmm. has been around. I think he's still a zygote. I think they shot most of the movie with a vagina cam up his mother's vagina. He, he is a very young-looking man, yes. <laughs> he's yeah, the, the fact that he was able to do that performance with nary, like, what, 30 cells? Mm -hmm. That only shows what's going to happen. He actually splits for the last developed. time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, yeah, I, I saw that on the red carpet. I hit the microphone again twice. I knew that once I mentioned that I'd never hit You're it before. Fiery tonight. It was it was going to do it again anyway. Well, I've had uh, I told you I had a lot of iced tea today. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so congratulations, Grant, on on picking the right best actor. I still think I would have preferred if it had gone to Timothy Chalamet or um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. That's his name, right? Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> Yeah, the great thing about Daniel Kaluuya yeah. is if you put him in your coffee, mm -hmm. you get Irish coffee. No, that's Hawaiian coffee, Kaluuya. Where's Kaluuya from? It's a cream, so it becomes Hawaiian it's, coffee. It's, it's, I guess it's a bit of a cream. Yeah, no, I, I understand that it's it's cream based. Uh, I was right, Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> oh, that really is it? I thought you were so wrong. No, that's his actual name. So apparently, if you put this human in your coffee, you get a Hawaiian coffee. That's right. Uh, anyways, I think it should have gone to him or Timothy personally, but I've, I mean, of course, the Academy has their own picks that they want to give. I actually, so this is something I was actually speaking with a friend because um, one thing we didn't really talk about is how the voting process works. 
at the Oscars. So are, are we is... going to are we going to invite the accountants from Stearns and Foster? I don't know if that's who it is. Uh, Proctor uh, and Gamble, I think. Proctor actually. and Gamble. Yeah, Proctor and Gamble. To come in here, and uh, we would like to introduce the representatives from Proctor and Gamble. Yeah. They're going to explain the voting process. No, it's it's it, this is very quickly is that so the ballot you're given is that you are supposed to rank your choices. So like my number one choice, my number two choice. And if you haven't seen a movie, I think you can put that into a category. Like I didn't see it, so I don't want it to be even included because I didn't see it. Um, anyways, so if they do go through the first round of voting and they just pick, they only pick the number one spots of all people's ballots. At the end of that first voting period, if a single movie has not gone over 50%, then what they do is they just eliminate the lowest ranked movie or person, and now they go to pers- people's like second choice, and they keep going that way until there is somebody who has uh, over fifty percent of the vote. And why I bring that up, why I find that fascinating, is not only would I love to see the breakdown of like who had the most first place votes, but then who had the most second place votes, and did that like flip over like who actually won? Because some conceivably you could win if you were put in more times in the second and third place options, you could actually win over someone who was actually placed mostly in the first place option. Uh, right. I think it would be cool. I understand them not doing that right after the award show. Maybe they want to keep the the magic alive. But I would love it if there was like a twenty year like vault that they put all that data in and then released it after 20 years just to see how close certain certain categories actually were you should email the academy that's a, that's a good idea it's a great idea best compliment you're getting from me ever kyle that's right all right well let's finish this up because we're going long and i have to go move my car well, yeah. let's just uh, do this really quick guillermo del toro and the shape of water one for best director and then best picture uh so they combine it which is actually a fairly rare occurrence after the last five years where they've split quite a few times well, this is the uh, the the movie that I got wrong, mm-hmm. but I should have got right. But I went with my heart for directing. I said, "Get out." Sure, yeah, yeah. But I knew that Shape of Water would win. I still thought there was a chance, man. Even though mm-hmm. everything was going, everything was going according to plan. It was like, are they are they going to give it to Get Out? Maybe they'll still give it to Get Out. And then best movie was The Shape of Water, where I picked The Shape of Water and you picked Get Out. So yeah. because you you were just saying that they normally split that. Yeah. But now you voted to keep it the same, which is just interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying there's anything weird about that. I'm just pointing out that's interesting. I'm just saying that it, it's normally not split. If you look at the 90-year history for the first. Oh, I thought you said it normally wasn't split. Never mind. That's what. That's what I'm saying. For like 80 years, it was a very rare occurrence for best picture and best director not to be from the same movie. And in the last 10 years, it's like five or six times it's been split up. So something's going on there. Okay, so let's talk about the final score. Yeah, how many did, did I got five? I so think. out of 25 ca- 24 categories, you got five, which yeah. is just over, um, well, just under, that's, I believe that's 5%, right? No, 10, 5%. No, that's not right. No, that's 4%, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, 24 categories, five, right? Is just under 5%, isn't it? I think it's 17%. Oh, okay. sorry, let me redo the math. So it's 55%. Okay, so now you're just being a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the 24 categories, I did incredible, and I got 14 correct. Whoa. 24 categories, I got 14 correct. I almost tripled you up. Yeah. 
and I got well over 50%. The best I've ever done in like an Oscar party situation was 19. Uh, That's so. really good. But not this year, Grant. I got five. I got five correct. But I also, in the documentary, I wanted to put Icarus. Mm-hmm. But I thought the men from our last men in Aleppo. I haven't seen the last men in Aleppo, but I'm I like, have. damn, if that if that doesn't sound like a movie that would beat Icarus, and Icarus is all about the doping scandal and the the the, the bicycling. Yeah, I thought it was a like lock. A ten, honestly, I honestly like thought last men in Aleppo was a lock to win. It was like, nope, we're gonna give it to Icarus. I'm like, yeah, so it's like that's a ten year old. Ten-year-old issue: the the doping and bicycling. Last Man in Aleppo is is new on the scene for international news. So I thought for sure. But if I would, I wanted to go with Icarus. So Icarus and director are the two things that could have switched it around for me, and I could have got sixteen yeah. out of out of twenty-four. But you didn't. Um, did you see any of Jimmy Kimmel's shtick? When I saw the um, when I saw the hot dog cannon, which I thought was patronizing and horrible, and Army Hammer was like shooting people point blank in the face with a hot dog cannon. Don't That's give right. people that don't know how to fire, you know, t-shirt cannons or hot dog cannons, one of those weapons, and expect them not to know that you shouldn't point this, you know, like two feet from somebody's face and pull the trigger. Only uh, only people, only actors from red states should be given hot dog cannons. Well, I bet Army Hammer's family is super conservative. You know, they're like Army Hammer's worth several hundred billion dollars. Because he actually does own or is part of the Arm and Hammer fortune, is he not? Yeah, he's named after his, the founder of that company, which was Armand Hammer. And I know people are kind of thinking we're joking, but I think that is a hundred percent legitimate. No, it is true. Yeah, like his name is actually Armand Hammer, which is kind of weird. Um. I will have to say this. Last year, I was not a big fan of Jimmy Kimmel being the host. I didn't think he did that great of a job. And this year, I thought it was actually pretty decent. I actually really enjoyed the fact that he came out there at the very beginning and kind of just laid it all on the line. It's like, this is what we're facing in Hollywood this year. This is the reality of the situation. And this is a time for celebration. And I want everyone to know that you can absolutely come up here and say whatever you want. Just be aware that everyone thinks it's a long show anyways. So that's all I'm going to say. The unfortunate part of that is even though he said and claimed that they would not play anybody off, they totally did. So that's the only thing that I was a little bit upset by. I can't. Uh, so now I wanted to bring up the, the bets we had for Oscars. Yeah. Where we put them. It should be at the bottom here, right? If Grant did you, wins. Did oh, you, did you delete wins. them? No, if Grant wins, Kyle has to watch the Great Peanut Butter Project. Oh, that's right. So, and we found it for you. That's right. So I have to okay. now go we and watch the Great Peanut Butter Project, and you, um, you still have to watch Boo Two, which you have uh, not done yet. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, that one. I just threw some Rip Taylor ran in here uh, between me laughing and blowing that and threw confetti everywhere. Okay, well, first off, nobody knows who that is. Uh, <laughs> Telling me a comedian from the 1930s isn't known to our audience. Grant, I know what you're referring to. Nobody else does. 
Uh, but again, all my references come from 1943. So thank you everyone for listening to this. This was not okay. the episode that, I thought it was going to be, but that's is, is what that it turned out to know, be. That's why you don't know about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Every time I bring that up, you're like, I don't know what's that's going right. on. I have no idea what's going on. Also, what everyone loves on podcasts is crosstalk, and no one knows what anyone is saying. So thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by emailing us at whateverpod at gmail.com. You can also go to facebook.com slash whateverpod, and you can also go to twitter.com slash whateverpod. We also want to give our heartfelt thank you to Tyler Forrest Hauser, who does all the music that you hear in this podcast. And now it's time for me to forget his name completely and uh, go on to uh, do the rest of the show. Grant, my Twitter is... At the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. What's your Twitter? Uh, Twitter.com slash Fejimans. F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z. Or Z, depending upon what country you're in. So let's see here. Joss Whedon. Let's take a look at his latest tweets. Does he tweet much Um, anymore? Six hours ago... Joss Whedon retweeted Cameron Kansky, Kasky, one of those uh, Parkland guys that's in charge of all this stuff. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, this is amazing, especially the, 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 for the those people who uh, fake who uh, who fake their school shooting. Yeah, I, I yes. know them. Oh, so Joss tweeted, "This is amazing, especially for those of us old enough to remember how Martha Mitchell was ridiculed as a boozy old gossip, even by Nixon's enemies." Which is also let's let me try and read every single Joss Whedon tweet that none of us will understand. Sure. By the way, why are we reading his tweets? So <laughs> grateful that the Florida sentiment took a moment of today to be extra thinky and pray. <laughs> oh, Joss. Let's see here. What else is uh, Joss Whedon? He retweeted uh, Vashti Harrison the moment she decided to become a filmmaker. Friday, Filmmaker Friday, and there's this really adorable uh, painting that looks like it's from Vashti Harrison of a little young lady of color with one of her front teeth missing, sitting uh, cross-legged in a a theater chair, hugging her bucket of popcorn, which, by the way, she clearly hasn't taken a bite out of because she knows how much noise popcorn can make. Okay, I have to go move my car. All right. I was just going to go as long as you let me, and then when you told me to stop, I would stop. Right, right, right.